Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. I'm a sometimes writer, and I'm here in West Hollywood. <laughs> and it me today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm here. I'm ready. I'm awake. I'm the most awake. I think he is so um, here. And yeah, I'm just uh, I'm chugging along through this this weird time where the, the, the earth is spinning on fire and um, people are just refusing to do things that are good for them. Why? My name is Michael. I am a chaser still. <laughs> it and persists. It is. It's happened once again. <laughs> and I'm a survivor. Yesterday was Friday the 13th. Was it really? And mm-hmm. it was horrible. And I'm not the I'm not the guy who's like superstitious about it, but yesterday was a a horrible day and many things went wrong. So fuck that day. Today I am taking it easy. Huh. Mm-hmm. My name is Donald Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood. And today I am, I think I'm here. You yes. Are, you are I'm so sleepy. Fairly no, certain I'm, I'm here. I, personally, I'm, I'm dubious. <laughs> that's fair. Don is swaddled in a, a very cozy blanket. I have right a now. lovely blanket on yeah. and I, I, no, I'm awake. I'm it is? Yes. It is? This is the dregs of my coffee. That's the kind of day it is. <sighs> Don's in a blanket and I'm sitting next to him in a tank top sweating. <laughs> I am I'm comfy. I am I am usually too warm. Anyway, like Dan's I'm, going through the change. <laughs> it's in the sofa. Uh yeah, I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser, public speaker, and author. And um yeah, I'm just uh it's Saturday. And you know, yesterday I was having a terrible day, but it wasn't that terrible. You know why? Because I didn't know the date. Ah, see, if you had known, so it would have been much worse for you. Yeah, <laughs> I slept through Friday the thirteenth. Really, that's. I wish I had done that. I probably should have done that because I think lack of sleep is my biggest problem right now. Well, if I'd been awake, I would have told you. Yeah. Well, if I'd been awake, <laughs> see, I wasn't really awake. That's the problem. I was just not asleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a that's that's one way to start the show. Welcome everybody. Uh, we're back once again <laughs> on our mostly weekly basis uh, to wish you. The best, and to bring you um, good news this week, we have yeah, we got we have uplifting things to talk about. Trevor's put a lot of work into having, well, most of the episodes. Yeah, the, that main subject's heavy. That means we get you really amped up before, <laughs> and then we kick out the chair from under you. Yeah, <laughs> we cut um, the brake lines on your car. <laughs> no, we're starting out uh, pop culture with Lizzo. Yay! Not only Lizzo. Um, no, but <laughs> just in honor of. Yes. Um, so not only does Lizzo have a new song out, Rumors, which I guess hit the uh, the iTunes top 10 within hours hmm. of releasing. Uh, I'm assuming it's probably is that, climbed up even higher. Is something. that what they're saying about Rumors? Yes. Um, oh, so <laughs> That's good. not what I've heard. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you haven't listened to Rumors yet, like pause the podcast, go listen to it, and then come back. I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, uh, oh, that was the pause where they were. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, who turned the on switch to on? Wow. Trevor is like, he's <laughs> on, on a roll. He's, yeah. on, he's not just on a roll. He's on a muffin. Yes. I'm a muffin. Yeah. Um, but anyway. No, so Lizzo is uh, kind of where we all are right now. Um, and was, and posted on, uh, Instagram and TikTok and stuff 
basically asking for six feet of space, <laughs> um, which will will drop in, in the, the sassiest audio. way possible. Yes. Too. <laughs> With uh, Lysol in hand. Lysol, that's right. If, he, if you get hit by my Lysol, it must be that you're within six feet of me. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love, so yeah, so she's like, obviously she has her, her message. My favorite part though was, it's not you, it's me. I'm not trying to catch nothing. I don't even want to catch feelings, bitch. <laughs> uh, but it's I, so I, used, I used to teach ESL a long time ago, and you know, you'd have different people from different cultures, and different cultures had different personal spaces. And it was always so amusing to see a conversation, for example, between like a Saudi and a Japanese. Oh. Because they have very different ideas of what personal space is. And inevitably you'd have the Saudi chasing the Japanese around the room as one moves in to close the personal <laughs> space into their backs off. And you'd look up and like, how did they just move 10 feet? Well, because they've been having a conversation for five minutes. <laughs> I have been that person. <laughs> Wait, which person though? Um, I have been, well, I, I'm, I'm not guarded, but like if someone's nose is very close to mine, I'm going to mm -hmm. lean back and move mm -hmm. back. Yeah. So I have been the one chased around the room by uh, various other people. Yeah. Well, and you know me, I'm pretty direct. So I've actually been the one to say, excuse me, I have a little bit more personal space than you do. So could we just back off Can a little bit? Can we just bit? not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can we just not get that freaking close? I mean, I'm just going to save this video to my phone and then play it for people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she says it so well. But like, seriously, though, like people... It's yes, we all want to believe. We all want to believe X Files theme goes mm -hmm. here that COVID was was on its way out. But this is what keeps this is what's been happening from the very beginning. We all think it's one thing. We all think it's only gonna be two weeks. Oh, then it's only gonna be two months. Oh, then it's only gonna be six months. And oh, well, it's on the it's on the downfall now. No, it's gonna come back and we have to adjust in the moment every time. And here we are now, and this mm -hmm. is saying, Hey, give me my space. I still need that six feet. It's still important. Everything we're going through right now was predicted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we knew it was we, coming. We shouldn't that be surprised. We shouldn't. Mean, <laughs> there, there was another episode where we were kind of talking about the horror metaphor. I can't remember when it was, but it was like, oh yeah, COVID's done, and then it sits up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like that. The the, the uh, what is it? The act four. Fake death? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always a horror death fake out. See, now mm -hmm. I'm picturing Fauci as the last girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it definitely should be Lizza, though. Like, mm -hmm. Fauci is the one in the beginning where he's trying to give her the message, the warning, and then he dies right before he can get it out. Mm. Oh, he's the gatekeeper. He's yes. the crazy old man out in the he's woods the warning you before oh, you make it to the, exactly. the summer camp. And then everyone ignores him. And then in, in, in defiance of all horror movie tropes, Lizzo is the one who actually makes it to the end. Um but I think Didn't she does have to kill Cody. In our Halloween episode, cast Lizzo in a horror movie? Probably. Look, time is a fat circle. We've yeah. established this. <laughs> um, we keep, we're just going to keep looping around. On, are we in purgatory? Is that what this podcast is? Mm. I mean, uh, listeners, you can tell us. <laughs> I mean, I feel where like can the, they tell us, Trevor? So many sounds. <laughs> I feel like we just did this. Uh, no, I think we're just establishing some wild canon. energy this morning. <laughs> We have a canon and lore to the podcast at yes, this point. Yes, we have a, a rich, um, a rich backstory. Yes. Have we ever done an episode on fat people in horror movies? I don't remember. <laughs> yes, Did several we? times. Wow, are you sure? Yes, I'm. I'm fairly confident that, that that has again. been covered um, by at least one of us. Yes. So, um, give Lizzo, give Lizzo her space. Yes. If you see oh, her, she actually was, at a, I was saying this earlier at Plummer park, which is in West Hollywood, very near us. Yeah. It's like two miles. Um, from here. 
twerking to promote rumors with uh, some local musicians. And party was like, I have to go. I have, it's now it's happening. I, this is it. I have to go see her. But then you I remember about the TikTok, and I was like, oh, but I have to give her space. And I don't want to, there's something very ungratifying. I mean, I don't think I would like run up and hug her, but there's something ungratifying about like, okay, like I'm, I, it should be six feet, but I'll probably do like 12 feet. And I'm shouting mm-hmm. at her through a mask. Yeah. And it's that awkward interaction. It's like, what? And it's like, I love you. <laughs> what? You're amazing. Like if the four of us had gone, I think we could have made that work. Yeah. Like as a group where we could all sort of attracted her attention to all of us. Oh, just a spearhead formation. We could push our way through any crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Could, oh, we could get those like tall, what are those shields called that the Romans used? The, uh, are we attacking shields? Lizzo yeah. now? What's no, happening? we're getting through the crowd to Lizzo and th- we're not attacking her. We're just like, I don't need a shield. Else. I can just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's me just shimming my way through the crowd. That's true. I mean, Tra- Trevor can push his way through a crowd if he just falls forward. That's the the wiggle bottle approach. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it's a weird one, folks. It's, um, buckle up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it before, but I really, really mean it now. Um, but we have more uh, celebrities giving us hope yeah. in the in the darkness in the. The now times. The, yes, these. It's not the dark times. It's just. It's just the world. Yes. Um, Jonah Hill has. Oh gotten, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. has gotten a new tattoo. Um, I guess is body positivity the thing that we're doing? Is that the word? Is that the phrase that we're just going? There with? is a bunch of phrases. We're going to talk about that too. Okay. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> it's, it's CNN, so I think that's what the phrase they're going to use because it's the um, right. Um, it's the most recognized. Yeah. But he got a tattoo um, that says body love. Um, it has a, t- a logo around it. Yeah, it's a play yeah. on body glove, which is a, a sports brand. Okay, got it, got it. Um, so yeah, it's a pun. I did not get that reference. Yeah, it's okay. a, it's, I think it's swimwear. I couldn't tell you. But it's it's all because, as he says uh, and has said before, um, he got famous as a sort of uh, older teenager um, when he was fat. I mean, he isn't really fat now, um, but he's obviously had a lot of swings in his career and he's taken a lot of flack for his size and his shape. And that has just been a pervasive thing that he, as he says, hasn't really been able to reconcile with until the last few years, Um, specifically working on a a movie that he's been directing. Maybe he wrote and directed. Um, And this is a way for him to express self-love and, mm-hmm. and care for himself and also to create that message for people who might need to hear it. And mm-hmm. I, just, I just have so much respect for him. Being a fat kid is, is pretty hellish to begin with being a fat kid in a global media environment. Mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. Yeah. the beatdown is insane. Yeah. And people, but people get the right to tell you what they think about. Oh, you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you therefore I, well, I mean, people have, people feel they have the right to comment on strangers' bodies. Can you imagine how they're, they're the self-righteousness they feel yeah. commenting on celebrity bodies? Well, and the, the fact that he's 14, they don't care about that. It doesn't matter to them. No. The, well, the yeah. celebrity doesn't actually exist. They're not really a real person. We like, own or they them every because time we own them. Yeah, we own yeah. them. Yeah. But it's interesting, like, because, like, the email, the, the, what is the hate mail phenomena, mm-hmm. right? Like, people feel very at ease sending atrocious content in emails Mm -hmm. condemning people. And then when people, when they get confronted by the celebrity, right? When the celebrity shows up on their front doorstep Mm. and says, let's talk about this. The conversation is always like, well, I never thought like you would read it. Mm -hmm. I never thought you would hear my message. Who did you You imagine? Exist. Jesus. (laughs) You know, that's why Shrill was so good. Cause a lot of the mm -hmm. first season of Shrill. Yes. Builds mm-hmm. around that arc of her finally confronting her 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 troll, her internet troll. Yeah. 
Um, and at season two also, I haven't seen season three yet. I haven't seen I'm season going three to. yet either. It's, it's good. It's a letdown because it's like, I mean, they were, was se- they so were setting iconic. up so much for season four. Yeah. And they didn't get it. And it's, they, they work around it. But mm. anyway, uh, thank you, Jonah Hill. Uh, we respect and admire you. Yes. Um, all right. Is that it? Is that it? It's, yeah, Is it happening? It's time. Okay. Kick that can down the road. It's Fat Watch. Yay! Yay! 2021. Yay! We're here again. <laughs> um, Once more on To yes. The Breach. And this week, um, so we've, I've kind of been following the formation of this um, uh, call to action slash boycott by uh, Sauce West. And she has started this movement. Uh, it's hashtag fight for inclusivity. And it is um, boycotting awesome. plus size brands that stop at three and four X. Mm-hmm. And part of this is because all these brands are like, we make stuff for everybody. Yeah, and like, they blah, blah, use blah. it. They, <laughs> yes. they sort of go on this platform of inclusivity and body positivity. And I would say like, it's a couple of brands that we have talked about on the on the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think I even mentioned there's one brand in particular that comes to mind, which is the uh, I can't I forget what they're called, but they make the underwear that has like the sort of patches in between the thighs to yeah. sort of keep the friction down mm-hmm. and pr- reduce chub rub. Uh, they also only go up, I think maybe even to just three X. And so I'm going to go comment on their ads now because mm-hmm. I get them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there, there's a whole kind of list of, um, I don't really know how to phrase it. Um, guidelines, or? guidelines and goals. Um, like a checklist. Yes. Um, so not only going after brands that stop at four X, but claim to be size inclusive, but also, um, getting brands to work towards, consistent sizing mm-hmm. because all, especially the plus brands, there are the, the sizing is not consistent yeah. Yeah. and it makes it difficult for shoppers. Um, so like they have a five X, but it's really just a 36 inch waist. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like who, in what world does this qualify as a five? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're, they're kind of gathering um, lists to of brands to boycott, but then also brands to support. Mm-hmm. which I think is oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah really necessary good. because, well, because it can very quickly turn into, okay, so I can't buy from anybody. Yeah. Right. And, and there are people like, for instance, the guy who made all of our swimsuits, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Allen Wood, um, granted not so much a brand as a guy who has his own business, but like worth supporting. And like, yeah. if we support him enough, maybe he does build an entire business and brand around that and well, can and, continue. And his business is small enough where like, if you, if you need 10 X, ask him for a 10 X. He'll yeah. make it. Mm-hmm. He know? seems, he doesn't care. Yeah. But people like that. And also um, part of this, which this is the one that I particularly like this piece of advice, which is to hold influencers in giant, massive air quotes and creators, content creators who get, um, uh, what's with sponsorship through mm-hmm. different brands. And they sort of say, Hey, like if they're a bo- quote unquote body positive influencer and they're saying, Hey, this brand is a brand that I support because they pay me money. And I like when they do that, you hold them accountable for whatever brand that happens to be. And if they, if that brand isn't, you know, uh, size inclusive or they only go up to three X or two X or whatever, you can call them out on it and say, Hey, and there's a hashtag you're supposed to use uh, fight for inclusivity mm-hmm. um, just to kind of keep the bigness of the conversation relevant, which I think is nice. <laughs> Um, I shared this on Twitter also. I saw yes. It. It's um, awesome. It's very good. And uh, I I think we should all call call out the the, the the idea that, like Dan was saying, like how many times, I can't remember, there was this one brand, I think it was actually the shorts one that I just mentioned, like their idea of what, whatever it was, a 3X 
was like actually what I would call large. Mm -hmm. It was like a 34 inch waist. Well, and there's no, there's no hard rules about it. And then a lot of people are intimidated by the actual number. Like you could solve the problem by just saying that we're going to use an actual standardized measurement. Mm -hmm. We're going to call it inches. We're going to call it, but nobody wants to, you know, but you know, very, very few men actually have a 32 inch waist. They Mm -hmm. just wear a medium. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like how, like, not everybody has a um, a flexible, uh, what are they called? Not flexible, a tape measure. A tape measure, like a flexible tape measure. And if you do, like, does it go around far enough? You and is that going to be traumatizing? Well, and are you holding it at the right place? Mm-hmm. Like, especially yeah, where for, is it being measured from? Yeah. Which, is, yeah, all of these problems are not exactly problems that is up to the company to solve. But definitely, like, just having larger sizes, like, expand your sizing. and It's always been a point of frustration for me that, like, Like every major brand store that claims to have large sizes, like the gap, they claim that they have a large size. The large size always stops at two X. Well, and it's not maybe three X if you're lucky. What kills me is even if it, even if they did, even if they had like, I don't know, eight X, it's not cut for anyone in existence. (laughs) They've just taken, they've taken a pan, a pair of pants, a 32, 32, and they've blown it up 10 times. And that fits no one. (laughs) Why do you guys think they call it the gap? (laughs) Gaps between. (laughs) <laughs> the bane of my existence though is the asian sized oh, stuff yeah. oh, that yeah. sneaks onto racks mm. i'm like wait like i'm trying on an 8x right now and apparently it's the same size as an american medium you know like this I, makes no I sense i can't remember what what p- company it was but once they got beyond 2x every successive x was one more inch <laughs> oh my god uh, <laughs> one so an, an x equal an inch and this is exactly what this this post is talking about. Where like yeah. that's clearly not inclusive. Um, so yeah, so check it out. Um, we'll have a link, but also you can. Um, they do also have a list of uh, companies worth supporting there too, so you can get use that as a resource. <sighs> is it time? It's yeah. time. Okay. It's time. It's it. This Are is you it. feeling good? Are you feeling hopeful? Mm. Well, stop it. <laughs> Can't have that. Uh, so. Oh, let me. Who won? Okay, Dan, Dan, you <laughs> Dan, do this. Dan's been amped up to. I, I have so much to say about this, and it's kind of, it, it masquerades as a complicated issue. So, you know, that falls to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, so, so once upon a time, there was a uh, plus size uh, female influencer and uh, model, and she is gorgeous and she is fat. And uh, she and her friends decided they were going to go to a day club, you know, the, the, like a, a, a Miami beach club, but it exists during the day. It's not a nightclub. It's a day club. And they were going to make it even more fun by renting a party bus to go down there. Mm-hmm. And um, they discovered that the party bus uh, on their website, they have a policy, basically no fat chicks. And it goes on to explain like, don't even bother like, don't even bother if you're a fat chick. You're not going to get in the doorman, which presumably means that the club has a very strict policy. Don't even try. Don't waste your time. Don't waste our time. No fat chicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she calls the club and she says, is this true that you have a strict no fat chicks policy? And they say, well, of course not. It'll, and so they go, okay, well, maybe it'll be fine. So they go to the party bus and of course they are summarily rejected. Mm-hmm. And she posts about this on Instagram and TikTok and a bunch of places. And I have a couple of things to say about this. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. I have an opinion. <laughs> well, but here's here the, my opinion. I mean, of course it's terrible. And of course it's discriminatory. But 
she goes a long way to let off, to let the club off the hook and to let the home of the club, uh, the Hard Rock Hotel, off the hook. And I am not buying it. Maybe the hotel, the club is absolutely responsible. Mm. Because let's think about this. The, the party bus company gets no benefit from excluding riders. Right. That is not in their economic interest. Right. It is in their economic interest, however, to curry favor with the club who only wants quote unquote hot people right. to show up yes. at the special entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this had to have been communicated by the club. This did not start with the party bus. The club, however, takes no responsibility and is pl- and is playing the innocent card. Well, and and I is, am not buying. This it. is how the language reads on the so on the buses Eventbrite page, which I mean the bus is taking people to the event, mm-hmm. right? So on their page, uh, it says, "quote Sorry, no big girls for this party." The doorman is very strict on appearance. If you have had problems getting into exclusive clubs before, then this is not for you. <laughs> Please don't waste your time nor ours thinking that we can get you inside if you do not meet the qualifications. And what kills me about this, they're not talking about the doorman to the bus. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, whose doorman is that? That's the club. Yes. So letting the club off the hook is is to me completely insufficient and, and wrong. It is absolutely the club that is driving the conversation. I, yeah. I love the phrasing, if you don't meet the qualifications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Miami. Well, there are qualifications. There yeah. are hotness qualifications, yeah. Ugh. Hotness is something that you have to work for, Don. And if you're too lazy to work for it, <laughs> then you don't deserve the benefits. How dare you say that to a man wrapped in an afghan? <laughs> well, I, so something I think is interesting about this. So obviously this story has gone viral. I mean, it's being covered everywhere now. Um, and they have updated the event page. Yes, because they decided, well, maybe we're getting a lot of flack from saying, you know, basically no fat checks. Yeah. So the, and by the way, you can be as fat as you want if you're a man. There's right, nothing about it if you're a man. It does mm-hmm. seem, yeah, targeted so to women. The title is now Open Bar Party plus D-A-E-R Pool Party. That's the club. EDM, electronic music. A model look is encouraged. A model look is encouraged. And this is the title of the event. Fuck and then it goes on to people. say- she was literally a model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She is a she model. She was literally a model. And if you look at her, it's ridiculous to think that she would be turned away because of how she looks. She is gorgeous. Yes. Not that you should ever turn away somebody for how they look, but yeah. really, come on, she well, is gorgeous. But yes. Dan, we'll get to. <laughs> but Dan, important note, please read. As much as we would like to welcome everyone, admission to this exclusive event is very selective, and we reserve the right to deny service. Yeah. Fuck right off. Yeah, it's. And it's, it's made possible by the fact that being fat is not a protected class. Because if this language, imagine the original ad had said, like, if you've been turned away for being black from a club before, you're probably going to get turned away now. Right. That would never fly. And if you change the language to say, like, well, you know, we only want a certain standard of beauty in the club. And so lighter skinned people are encouraged to apply. Like, they would never fly. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's this idea that, you know, there are some there there are some standards that we're we're OK to enforce here. Yeah. Like, well, and this is this is OK. I, so the thing that I mean, obviously, there's quite a number of things wrong with this. Um, the thing that kills me about this way of thinking, which is so universal and, and has always I think has always bugged me, I think for as long as I can remember before I could have even articulated why is the idea of objective beauty like mm-hmm. this person is a beautiful person. We just know that. And and this person over here is not beautiful, but they have other qualities. And that's just an objective truth 
that the people of the world can observe about other people. And that, that somehow we all just inherently know, like we all know, we all know that this one person is just ugly. That's just, but that's okay. Well, and not only that, but the objective beauty is obviously given by God. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you run or into it, and if you run into it, well, yes, but the standard is a priori. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. you run into a culture that has a different standard, they're wrong. And if you run into a period of time where it's different, well, that was just antiquated. Yeah. Or we didn't know the truth. <laughs> like obviously in the days of appreciating Rubenesque beauty, they didn't know of the dangers of obesity. Right. <laughs> what frustrates me about this, I feel like it's not even about objective beauty. It is, you are so repulsive to us. We don't want your money, which is yeah. what, as a fat person, I feel like I run into with everything. Like I cannot give you any money. Like I will pay you any amount of money for clothing and I cannot get it. I will pay you for, you know, a, a plane seat that will fit me. But you, won't, but you won't sell it to me. Even yeah. I'm just, cause I'm doing a, a project for Neff right now. And it's like, even when fat people die, mm. we cannot pay you money to, to handle our dead body. Mm-hmm. But just cause there's all these different regulations and stuff, which I've been researching. And it's just like, in no for you know, society thinks fat people are so wrong that we cannot get like, in a capitalist world, <laughs> in a, yeah. they yeah. don't want our money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we are the living proof that this whole invisible hand of the market is utter bullshit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there isn't an invisible hand of the market, but it's not driven by market forces. Mm -hmm. It's driven by a whole lot of bigotry and prejudice. (sighs) We warned you, listener. (laughs) You have no one to blame but yourself (laughs) if you've gotten to this point. If there's any, I don't know, capitalist listening Start rubbing your hands (laughs) because I am giving you (laughs) profit. Well, we just talked about Rihanna, who has been including an actual like range of sizes in her clothing lines and just hit a she Rihanna, a pop singer, is a billionaire. Can we just take a moment to appreciate that? Like, holy fuck. Like in his entire career as an NBA player, Shaquille O'Neal only made three hundred million dollars. And has since become very successful as an investor. But like, if you take that, Shaquille O'Neal, and then now, oh no, Rihanna's a billionaire. Yeah. Holy shit. The pe- most of the people on Shark Tank aren't billionaires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the scale of the market. Yeah. yeah. Nuts. So the event that happened at this club, I mean, it's the fact that it's down in writing and the, the woman had a chance to prepare for it is the only thing that's new about it. Right, like clubs have always had sort of this reputation of turning people away at the door. And yeah, and turning people away for all sorts of yeah. reasons, for color, for size, for, yeah. I mean, Well, that's ethnicity. what they hide behind. They say, yeah. well, if you've been yeah. turned away, then you but should know. <laughs> it's you such know sort better. of a part of that culture that like, I always thought going to clubs looked like fun. I didn't really go that much ever when I was, yeah. you know, in that target age demographic because it was just my expectation I was going to be treated badly. Well, probably, you know, I, I don't know about you, right. Michael, but like I was never part of the club scene for a whole bunch of reasons. But one no. of which is like I wasn't going to see a lot of 400 pound guys at the club that I wanted to pick up. It just it just. Yeah, it's I mean, this is this is the this is the feeling of my life, which is to have almost nothing with which I can identify from the mainstream culture. Yeah, like almost nothing. Like I might be the right age demographic. I might look like I would fit in there, but there's nothing that I could possibly relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, um, I was doing a bunch of interviews for my book and one of the things I came across was this man, he's a straight white man who happens to like extremely fat women. 
and he talks about how he feels alienated as a straight white man from other straight white <laughs> men because this mm -hmm. particular, because of the taboo of that this makes such a difference in how he relates to other men. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it just reminded me of what you were saying. Like it just, it, and then if you add gay or you add, uh, you know, add uh, being a person of color or anything like that, it just could, it moves you farther and farther away. I mean, I've said that the closest I get to normal is just being gay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's a comparison here to uh, the way mainstream society reacted to interracial dating in that like the, the mainstream person in an interracial partnership lost a certain amount of privilege mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in that group. They started being seen as partially other. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I experienced that uh, as a chubby chaser, mm -hmm. you know, but this, this woman that we're talking about here with who went to the club is, I think is a great example of showing how specific this prejudice against specifically fat is in that she is the only adjective that you could use to describe her that would put her apart from any, any gorgeous model from any mainstream outlet is the word fat. It, yeah. The, every other aspect of her is conventionally attractive. I mean, she's got mm -hmm. huge, you know? pretty privilege. She's got, mm -hmm. I mean, she is absolutely drop dead gorgeous and she's yeah. fat, but you know, whoops, that's a disqualification apparently. Yeah. So yeah. sorry that you bring everything to the table, but you've disqualified yourself as a human being because of one <laughs> adjective. Yeah. It's just so like stupid and frustrating <laughs> and just like she is so mind blowingly gorgeous. It's like, so, sorry, ma'am. We need some like <laughs> we, we need space for all the girls with really flat asses to come in and get too drunk and then like throw up in the pool. Yeah. And it's going to be all that we have to shut down the pool for an hour after that. And then one of them's crying the whole thing. <laughs> and well, and if you're a guy, you can be fat as you want. They're not, that is not important to them. It is so misogynist. Especially if you walk in with a model. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like if you're, if you're, if there, you were, if you were Harvey Weinstein with a hot white girl on your arm, that yeah, yeah you'd be letting. He's in. not getting turned away. <laughs> yeah. I also, I just have to say, I don't mean to disparage flat asses. I'm just saying when I think of like Miami beach pool party, she is what I think of. Like neon swimsuit, just like thick with C's. I'm saying this is with C's. Thick. I know it's thick. <laughs> Maybe like three C's. It's just like, just, I, I don't understand. I mean, I understand. I understand completely, but I don't understand. Well, and my my thing is here, do not let the club off the hook. It is not the dime. It is not the party bus. Yeah. The party bus is just facilitating what the club wants. Right. And if you have a, if you are a, if you have a fat friend, right? Oh, good point. Do you want to go to a club that is going to be prejudiced against your friend? Not only that, if yeah. you are the thin, if you are the thin privileged friend, it is, I would argue your obligation to fight here because yeah. your, your fat friend's going to have zero traction here. Yeah. Right. Zero. Right. Because they've already taken that person as a loss. They don't care about that person. Right. And you could argue that, you know, okay, so this, this, this party of, of, of hot women, one of whom happens to be fat, like if six, if six women don't go into that club, the club is not going to die. Right. right. It's, there's not mm -hmm. a lot of economic impact there, but you start spreading that word. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's how that's, that's the only way to get things done around here. Apparently <laughs> is just, just make a big deal about it on social media. Cause there's no other way to get a company to listen. Well, it's, it's funny because if you, 
again, back, back to my ESL days, Americans are very, when Americans go to a restaurant, it is perfectly acceptable to say, I don't like this. I'd like to order something else and not be charged for it. Even if there's nothing wrong with it, you just don't like it. In, 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 a, in a halfway decent restaurant, they will accommodate you. Mm-hmm. That never happens in Europe. And, and even if the food in, in a particular restaurant in Europe is terrible, you do not send it back. The worst, if you really want to offend them, you don't eat it and glare at your plate. And I, and you, and I would ask my European students, well, then why would any restaurant, why would they accommodate you? You're not saying anything and you're not giving them any, any stick. You're not punishing them in any way. Why, why would they care? And the European students would say, oh, well, because you won't go back. Mm. I'm like, okay. And you'll tell your friends and maybe they won't. And for an American, that sounds like very low stakes. Like you won't go back. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but it is what you were talking about, that social, that social pressure. Mm -hmm. And I think what we've done here is we've, because of Facebook, we've monetized it and amplified it Mm -hmm. so that it can have a huge impact, huge impact to the point where it's actually a little terrifying how much impact it can have. Yes. I I think it's one of the reasons why you're seeing so much pushback. Like, there's there's a political movement in the United States that screams constantly about cancel culture. Mm. How dare you protest these companies just because they do this thing? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we vote for everything with our money in any sort of capitalistic society, right? Why shouldn't we do that? Well, every time any sort of group or organization fights against who we are as a person. What, what I love is, you know, you know who invented capital, uh, cancel culture? The conservatives, mm-hmm. when they had million moms boycotting Disney, when they had all, <laughs> all the, seven yeah. of the million moms, <laughs> don't you remember all the, all the conservative boycotts of every time Disney did something halfway decent, like give domestic partner benefits, mm-hmm. you know, million moms was out there saying boycott Disney <laughs> that, you know, it wasn't called cancel culture, but today that's what it would be called. Except, yeah. Yeah. you know, apparently cancel culture only applies once to liberal it starts getting used <laughs> against them. Yeah, all then of a it's, sudden. yeah, yeah. They were what staying, do you mean I don't get to oppress you? Exactly. Screw you. Yeah. Not letting me in because of I don't wear a mask is cancel culture now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like so like foaming with rage. I'm completely useless verbally. I think we're all kind of foaming yeah. right now. <laughs> just, this is a very foamy episode. This is not a great topic because I'm just like, rawr, 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 rawr. I say we launch this party bus into the sun. Yeah. And that way it can be the first party bus on the sun. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you'd get into the sun, Trevor. it's one of my favorite jokes i think it's from the very first episode of futurama which i told you i was going to reference at some point (laughs) it's like fry like they're trying to force him to do his pre-assigned job in the future and he's like well what if i refuse and she's like then you'll be fired and he's like fine and then she says out of a cannon into the sun (laughs) (laughs) and again not the party bus that is low-hanging fruit that is not the problem yeah the club, not- the club, and when we say the club, so the, the club rented the space from the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. And so there's some debate about whether Hard Rock Cafe is related to all of this, blah, blah, blah. Really the club, dare, whatever the fuck they're called. D-A. D-A-E-R, I believe. Yeah. Durr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> club Durr. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's Miami and, and, you know, the only, dis- as a party promoter, one of the only ways you have distinction in a, in a market like Miami where like, okay, maybe you got your DJ. But really, it's who shows up to your club. Yeah, that's it. And so if you want to make a name for yourself. Or who as, owns it. 
you know, if, if you want to make a name for yourself as having the most discriminatory, the most predatory, the most offensive, I think they win. So really the only way to, so to sum up, how do we fight this? Right. And what we've come up with is like, this is one that fat people can't fight ourselves. We can't yeah, because or, they've already decided they don't want our money. And oh yeah, we open our own club with the thickest, <laughs> <laughs> juiciest butts in Miami. You'd, you'd get some, yeah. you'd get so some options. For this, what we do is we reach out to our allies, right? It's we, true, yeah. You know, our allies, our friends, our chasers, our family members, right? Make it clear to them if they support these venues, then they are actively, actively voting with their money against us, against us being able to participate in the public space. Yeah. And beyond that, if these clubs value these VIP people so much, target those VIP people. Is there a celebrity going to one of these clubs that you know excludes fat people? Call them out on social media. Point out what they're doing to them. Point out well, what they're doing to their fans. They, they may not be aware, but you it's know? even if it's something much more low-key, like, I don't know, let's say somebody shows up, Matt Damon, because, you know. Matt Damon. Because Matt Damon. Matt He's Damon. such a guy. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Matt Damon shows up to this club. Rather than, like, blasting him, because he may be completely unaware, just say, like, Ask Foreman as a question like, you know, Mr. Damon, are you aware that this club has this discriminatory policy and let them respond to it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, I mean, if you're just blasting them, they don't know any more than the guy next to them. Probably. Uh, Well, and they have a bigger megaphone than you do. So if you can bring them over to the the side of light, the side of angels. Well, and it gives them an opportunity to say, no, I didn't know. But now that makes a difference to me. Yes. And they can actually then you, you can enroll them in this struggle rather than just, you know, like I saw you, therefore you're guilty. Mr. Damon, are you aware that Club Thick only allows the fattest, juiciest asses <laughs> in Miami into their establishment? Why, why no, I had no idea. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll find out tonight. <laughs> it's just a big butt. You go into the butt. <laughs> This you kind of got to squeeze through. This is uh, the the Lizzo's giant inflatable butt's career after yes. like being used on stage. <laughs> I'm I just like, imagining I, Matt Damon's like kind of kind of going sideways through the big butt. <laughs> I I hope this is real. I don't know where it happened, um, but I, I remember hearing a story about a group of Jewish people in a wealthy neighborhood who wanted to join the local country club and were not allowed to because country club. Oh, that's called the history of Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> but apparently they went out and they were like, fine. They went out and they founded their own country club. Um, and they made it all admissive, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone could come. And apparently that country club just completely eclipsed the original one, eventually put them out of business. Well, do you, you know, like, do you know, I don't know. If, I'm was serious when I said the history of Los Angeles, that's exactly how Beverly Hills started. Oh, <laughs> I did not know that. Because they weren't, because Jews were not allowed into the Wilshire club, country club. Hmm. And so they said, you know what? We're going to make our own little country club and we're going to make our own neighborhood. You know what? We're going to make our own school district. And you know what else? We're going to make a little, 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 Beverly Hills. And that's how West Hollywood started. Beverly Hills. As, as, as an enclave for the gays. Well, I believe that. So club thickakaka. Thickakaka. We'll take over. <laughs> I, when, when you said thickakaka, it made me think that it was Friday the 13th. And the <laughs> I actually watched the second and fourth Friday the 13th movies last night for oh, the first fun, time. Fun. I've never seen a Friday the 13th. I can't do the math on that. You've <laughs> never seen any of the Friday the 13th movies? I'm not a slasher fan, so I never went out of my way I to just, watch. I would have thought that. purely as education you would have seen them. Yeah, I figured I'd see it eventually. 
You got to see first Jason one's X. very different. Oh God! I, I think we did watch Jason that. X. That's in is, outer space. Yes, that, that one yes. I have. We have seen, seen it. Is, that. Yeah. It is bonkers. I, it is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I think it's really brilliantly funny. Poor Dan. I think my favorite is. Uh, <laughs> is there a Muppet in this somewhere? I mean, no. the, uh, there's a killer cyborg from outer space. Oh, oh so there's a Muppet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jason in yeah. the the hologram version of Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Yes. Uh, if you're if you're listening and you haven't seen Jason X, pause here and go watch it. And then come back. I know, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh boy. Okay, well, yeah. no tip today, but I think we got a bit. Do oh, we, we do have do... a bit. So um we I was ta- I was thinking about this and then I thought about the Jewish uh country club story. Um, and I thought it'd be fun to go through and see if I could dig up some stories about people being oppressed who turned around and rescued their oppressors in some way. Ah. Right. <laughs> um, so here we go. Baron Friedrich von Steuben, uh, who lived in 1730 to 1794. Oh, that one was a Prussian man by birth was openly gay who fled to the Americas after Jeez. being outed in his native lands. His contributions to the U.S. are mostly unknown today, but we might not have ever existed if it weren't for him. What did he do? I'm going to give you a couple hints, and if you can figure out what what he did, jump in. Hmm. Hint one, his contributions were revolutionary. He fought the entire Revolutionary War. (laughs) (laughs) Hint two, he worked closely with George Washington. How closely? Yeah, he gave him intimate massages. Hint three, he wrote the book Regulations for the Order and Discipline of the Troops of the U.S., United States. Did he come up with, like, the guerrilla tactics of, like, skirmishing and running away? He might have been a very strong contributor to that, yes. Did he write Uh, the military manual? uh, That is close enough, yes. He was one of the founding fathers of the American Continental Army. Ah. He was the one who came up with all their discipline, their their methods of training. Um, He he could legitimately be called the father of the American Armed Forces. Yeah. uh, Just to be clear, that is what, that's basically what the Revolutionary War was, right? Like little skirmish and then run away. And then little skirmish and then run away because... Yeah. We didn't have enough people to like fight the entire like. Well, and we, we also that, we, we also fight it, it the way they did. Well, and we they, also thought it was uncommonly stupid to dress in red, line up in lines, <laughs> yes. and then walk forward into just, gunfire. My my point was basically like the idea of like I don't know these colors don't run cur- <laughs> yeah. courage like stand your ground whites of the eyes and then like well no but it was probably more guerrilla warfare yeah. than anything. Oh, else. absolutely, and we knew the terrain and, and again the British were no used we were to- just stronger than they were. No, <laughs> we actually just you America. Know. <laughs> So a gay man is one of the founders of the American military forces. Well, there you go. There you go. Mm. All right. Uh, Just as long as he's not fighting in the, in the forces. Keshia Thomas. I, I'm ho- I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. An Afri- African-American woman was 18 when the white supremacist organization known as the Ku Klux Klan held a rally in her hometown in Michigan in 1995. Mm. Her actions towards an alleged Klansman that day, it's never been confirmed whether or not he was a Klansman, but he was at a Klansman rally wearing a Confederate flag vest. So you do your own He math. could have just been a Republican. <laughs> her actions were seen all the way around the world. What were her actions that day? Hint one, there was a riot during the KKK rally. Hint two, a KKK member 
was found in the middle of the counter protesters alone. Oh, did she like protect him or like save his life or something? Save his ass, yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read an excerpt uh, of an article written about her. Liberal, progressive, and multicultural, Ann Arbor was an unusual place for the KKK to choose for a march, and hundreds of people gathered to show that they were not welcome. Then a woman with a megaphone shouted, there's a Klansman in the crowd. They turned around to see a white middle-aged man wearing a Confederate flag t-shirt. He tried to walk away from them, but the protesters, including Thomas, followed just to chase him out. There were shouts of kill the Nazi, and the man began to run, but he was knocked to the ground. A group surrounded him, kicking him and hitting him with wooden sticks for their placards. So this teenager, then still at high school, threw herself on top of the man she did not know and shielded him from the blows with her own body. Mm -hmm. These photographs were caught and put in newspapers around the world. Um, And she changed, she changed the world. She brought a huge conversation by saving a man who was basically against her existence. Yeah. You know, and if you haven't seen the photos of Kesia Thomas, I highly recommend going to check them out. Uh, here's a story about a group, unlikely group coming to the rescue of people who had not treated that treated them so well. Shortly after Pearl Harbor, many of the non-native population fled the Hawaiian islands for America. This left a shortage of people to fulfill important civilian military jobs at the essential Pacific location, leaving the military in dire need of nurses. A specific oppressed group stepped up and started filling these vital roles. Who were they? Hint one. They were generally non-native women who had moved to the islands for work. Hint two. Were they Filipino? I was thinking that. Nope. Hint two. Japanese women? They were often beaten and evicted by police for living too far away from their places of work. Hint three. They were professionals. In fact, some might say they were practitioners of the world's oldest profession. Yeah, I get that. I just don't know the the the, the nationality. It's not a nationality. Oh, oh then it was, it, was sex, it was sex workers. Yes. Sex workers, yes. obviously, yeah. Uh, sex, workers. sex workers who were not treated well in Hawaii. They, were, yeah. they had their own little red light districts where they were mandated to live. Their rates were price controlled in horrific ways. Um, they stepped up. They stepped up and they volunteered as nurses at, in Pearl Harbor shortly mm-hmm. after the attack. Um, they might not have had medical support there if it wasn't for these women. Hmm. So people can change the world even by aiding their oppressor in dire times. Well, and I also appreciate the fact that it's changing the world, not by screaming louder because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that almost never works. Oh, did we just learn that gay people, black women and sex workers <laughs> save the world? <laughs> Why? Yes. <laughs> You know, the more you know. <laughs> we really need to get that sound. Yeah, <laughs> I keep forgetting. Somebody remind me on Tuesday. Yes. Um, hey, future Michael. <laughs> get the sound cue. <laughs> well, is it that time? It's time. Where can you tell us about stuff? Where can you click stuff? Where can you? Where? I'll tell you where. Where? <laughs> We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. And on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Yes, All the I places. want more reviews, people. We have some really good reviews in there, but it's been a yeah. while. So if, more you, reviews. if you've been thinking about leaving a review, review, yeah, maybe go on there. Let our, us know. Our Facebook posts have been very light. Like People yeah. are not responding. Fa- very sad. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> See our bah. website. Check it out. There's stuff there. www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yay.
Yes, we're done. Maybe you're listening while you're in the the line. The line is wrapping around the block because they're trying to get into Club Dummy Thick. (laughs) 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 And you're finally you're finally in line to go through the big giant butt. And (laughs) Jason's there. He's our uh, our doorman. (laughs) He's lifting up his big machete. But he's waving you in. Yay. You got to go through the big giant butt now. So, so. many ups and downs. Watch so, out. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, but you're a skinny bitch, so. <laughs> <laughs>